Welcome to episode number 33. Uh, today we're reading chapter 20. Chapter 20 is called Jasmine. This is when you finally get to meet Jasmine. Uh, I'm not going to tell you the full story just yet. You'll have to wait till the very end, but this is the beginning of it. Enjoy. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Crushing Indie Potential Podcast, where I give you the latest tips and tricks to help you stay on top of your mental game. My name is Scott B. Harris, and I'm the author of the book, Crushing Indie Potential, Living With My Injured Brain. It's a memoir that was written and published after a dirt bike accident that nearly took my life. In season two of this podcast, I will be reading part two of my book. Part 2 outlines how I chose to overcome the adversity that I faced. Strap yourself in because the show is about to start. Hello, you good-looking people of the world. I hope your day is going just fine. When you look out the window of your classroom or your office or your 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 bunker, <laughs> if you're if you if you're down in a bunker, I don't know why you'd be in a bunker uh, listening to me. If you're down in a bunker listening to me and you are fighting for the country um stop listening to me right now and start fighting harder for the country anyway wherever you are look out the window and what do you see we can choose each and every day to view the world through whatever lens we choose to cho- we, we, we we choose to view the view the world i look out the window and i can see sunshine Right now, <laughs> I'm in Melbourne, so naturally it's going to turn to shit pretty soon. Uh, this afternoon, it's uh, it's going to be dark most likely, and then it'll get light, and then it'll probably thunderstorm, and then sorry, not light, uh, sunny, sunny. It'll get sunny after after it's dark, and then it'll 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 thunderstorm, and then just before it turns dark for good, it'll probably sunshine again, but. My point is, uh, the sun will still be shining out my window, whichever way I view it. Um, There have been many days in my recovery that the sun has never popped its head up, ever. So I absolutely get it. I get that feeling when the whole world just seems dark. Now, I'm talking about this. Because I read something this morning about a young man that lost his battle with mental illness. And it made me stop and think. Uh, it made me stop and think about how I want to be impacting this world. Uh, I did uh, I did a presentation last week. Uh, and, a, and a young man, a year 12 guy, uh, came back into the theatre after my presentation, after everybody had left. Uh, and I was, I, was, I was there talking and... He came back to thank me and to tell me that that was exactly what he needed at that point of his life. And I was there sitting talking to the teachers and this just makes me so, 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 so happy 
This is exactly what I was put on this earth to do. Uh, this this was at Monbolt, Monbolt College. So shout out to all you good-looking folk out there at Monbolt. Um, that day I was that that day I was expecting to chat to twenty people in a small class, small little mini group, and then all of a sudden, boom, two hundred people walk in ready to judge the absolute crap out of me. Uh, well, I I guess I nailed it. I hope I nailed it. Um, they they are the best the best judges. Uh, I from from that guy's uh, that guy's comments to me. I I really feel like I did a really good job. Uh, I find that I find that when I'm talking to a big group like that, I can really I can really shout and talk really loudly and, and give myself so much energy in my presentations. Uh, I really, yeah, I, I, I get G'd up by by the more people that I speak to. Uh, anyway, uh, to close this uh, this little intro before before we get into it, uh, if you're feeling if you're feeling down, please, please, please get some help. There is absolutely no shame in that. I've been there. I've gotten help. I've done that. I'm still doing that. I'm still getting help. So concentrate, start concentrating on, on number one, yourself. Forget everyone else. Forget everyone else right now because you are the most important person to you right now. The only person. So forget everyone else. Forget everyone else. Start, 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 start practicing mindfulness. Research it. Start practicing gratitude. Research it. Self-help. Research it. Get into it and start making, start helping yourself make your life better. And believe me, believe me, believe me, believe me. Whatever you're going through right now, you can get through it. You can get through it because I myself have gotten through it. If if I can get through it, if I can get through whatever I've gotten through over the last twelve years, I know that anybody in this world can get through it. Because I ain't nothing special. I guarantee that. I guarantee that. Uh, anyway, uh, I so I hope you're all well. Uh, now, before we get going, uh, first off, I want to show my gratitude for you taking the time out of your day to listen to what I have to say. You see, time is the most precious resource that we can never get back. So I really appreciate you spending your most valuable asset listening to me and listening to me share my thoughts and share my words with you. First off, I'm uh, going to show, uh, sorry, I'm going to uh, tell you three things that I'm grateful for before I start reading. First thing I am grateful for is you guys and what you bring to my life. Second thing that I'm grateful for is my health. Because I'm feeling feeling really good right now. And it hasn't always been like that. So I'm feeling really good that I'm feeling really good. <laughs> uh, second, uh, sorry, third thing that I'm grateful for is the health of my partner. My partner, Jasmine, who we are going to be talking about today. In the chapter, so that is a very good segue to this chapter. 
Okay, we are on page 150 and we are up to chapter number 20 and this chapter is called Jasmine. And the quote that goes with this chapter, Oh my God, this is scary. Maybe it's Destiny by Jasmine Labrie. Jasmine let me do all the talking through our initial conversation as I had a lot to say and rudely, I didn't let her get a word in. If I had let her speak, I would have realized that what happened that day under, the, under that tree was nothing short of fate. We had dinner that night and spent our, our time together laughing and joking and enjoying each other's company. The next day, actually I'm going to go out of the book quickly uh, before I read the next sentence. Uh, so that day uh, we, we hung out all day and then we went out for dinner, the first our first dinner together. We went out to dinner and it was about 11 o'clock at night and the restaurant was absolutely buzzing. There were so many people there and kids were running around everywhere and it was just, I guess, a bit mayhem compared to anything I've ever seen before, especially at that time of the night. Um, it was just, uh, I, found that, I found that quite a bit through Europe when I travelled there that they did have their nights later and their, I guess their, their children stayed up later. Not sure why that is. Could be because they have siestas in the afternoon, um, so I guess they stay up later. Uh, they did have them in Greece, I remember, and in Spain, I think. They probably have them elsewhere, but I can't can't remember where else. But it, it was sometimes it was sometimes annoying when you go out and all of a sudden the city shut down and you realise that it is 3pm in the afternoon and they're back at home sleeping or doing whatever. It was just, uh, if, you, if you knew that was going to be the case, or like you lived there and you knew that was the way of life, you would get used to it. It was just very, very weird when you, you're not used to it. Anyway, back to the book. The next day, I was able to get my life back on track. I bought a new iPhone. My saviour had arrived in the form of technology and I instantly felt the weight lift off my shoulders. Everything was now on track and I was back in the game. Jasmine had planned to go to Hanya, up on the west end of the island. The receptionist at the hostel told her it was a must. As it turned out, I had received the same spiel, so I decided to go there too. We would keep in touch and meet again in a day or two. On my first day in Hanya, while I was waiting for Jasmine to arrive, I walked around with my camera and enjoyed the sun. I sat at the docks having a drink and not wanting the feeling of total and utter peace to ever end. From the top of my head to the tips of my toes, I felt completely relaxed. I didn't need to pinch myself because I knew exactly where I was. In that moment in time. I sat in the port for nearly two hours just looking around and feeling the ultimate gratitude. Just going out of the book here for a minute. If you are reading the book along with this uh, you will notice that Hanya is spelt both with C and without C. So C-H-A-N-I-A and H-A-N-I-A. Uh, that's I don't know why that is but um, that's that's the case. And that day in Hanya at the at the at the at the at that cafe that I was that I was sitting at and I was looking out at the docks, uh, that is probably one of my most 
memorable days. Um, only because I mean, probably one of my most memorable two hours of my whole trip for the whole eighteen months, because I can put myself back there right this second, and I can remember that feeling inside myself of just utter enjoyment and 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 bliss and gratitude and there was all these emotions and I seriously sat there for like two hours looking out at the docks and and just just reminiscing on how far I'd come in my recovery to get to that point and I guess it's one of those all roads lead to Rome kind of moments in this case all roads lead to Hanya okay back to the book This included gratitude to myself for putting in so much effort to get to where I was in life. In that moment, I had thoughts and feelings that I had never experienced before. I tried to imagine where my life would be if I had never had my accident. It was then that I comprehended I would never be going back to my old life. But now, I knew that I was going to be okay. I had taken nearly five years to work this out. But when I did... Oh, the feeling was so good. My life was different now, but in a good way. And that made me so happy because look where I was. I was in a place that only dreams are made of. I was in paradise. On a high, I was making my way back to the hostel and bumped into Jasmine. She was going to the hostel to find out if she could stay there too. Okay, just quickly going out of the book. So the first day that I got there... There was no room left in that hostel, so I had to go and stay at his mate's hostel, which was around the corner. And it was, it was, it was. There was no one there, and it was really dirty, and it was, um, it was just a really, really crap place. So I stayed there on my first night. I stayed there um, on my own. There was no one around, uh, and then the second night uh, was my first night as well. So I. Had um, I had not stayed in the hostel yet. In the morning, I went back to the hostel because the guy the guy told me that I could I could stay there the following night, just not that night. So he said, "Come back in the morning and I'll and I'll and I'll give you a room." Anyway, so this was the first time I stayed in the hostel as well. Uh, and then we, when we got sent to our rooms at the hostel, we happened to be in the same room because it was a mixed um, sharing mixed room, I guess. Uh, and there was another uh, Canadian girl there, I remember. She, she was in our room as well. So anyway, that was my first time in Hanya, as well as Jasmine's. Okay, back to the book. It was great to see her again, and we walked back together. The receptionist booked Jasmine in, and by coincidence, it turned out she'd be in the same room as me. Well, there you go. We talked all afternoon, and in the evening... Jasmine and I walked up a hill near the hostel and watched the sunset. I went to sleep that night thinking that it would have to be a significant event in my life to top this day. I'm going out of the book quickly. Uh, so I will t- uh, put up the picture of, I'll put up all the pictures of Hanya, but I'll put up the picture of the sunset uh, of the photo that I took. Because uh, I, I, it was just a, it was a magnificent place. It was like a... At the very top of the hill, there was like a, I don't know, it was a church or something. Well, I didn't take any photos of the church, but it was a, a church or, or a memorial or something. And the guy at the hostel, the guy that owned the hostel, he he told us that that was probably the best place to go 
to take a good photo of the sunset. So that was where we went. Okay, back to the book. The next day, a technological blunder dealt a devastating blow to my my newfound calm. It was my computer's external hard drive. Since the start of the trip, I'd been putting all my photos there and suddenly it wouldn't turn on. It hurt to watch seven months of my travels, my traveling memories vanish into thin air. All right, just coming back out of the book again. Uh, so luckily for me, all of the, uh, a lot of the photos that I had taken, a lot of the, the, my best photos that I'd taken, I'd put on, on Facebook. So I still had all the memories there, which was great. But there was still so much on that hard drive that, uh, that I that I lost because that hard drive I had had I'd had it for for years and years and years and years and it was it was it was a had everything on it of of my personal files uh, dating back years and like all my photos and all those sort of things and that makes me really annoyed that I chose to take a hard drive and I just didn't just pack my bag full of little memory sticks. I would have made my life a lot, uh, a lot better off and a lot easier, and yeah, anyway, probably would have still have all of those memories. Anyway, back to the book. The only backup were the photos I had uploaded to Facebook, and their quality was nothing in comparison to the raw files. Not only did I lose my travel photos, but I also had been, I had also been storing all my history there since I was 17 years old. Uh, All my videos and photos of the past, gone. All the videos I had made during rehab, gone. Along with years and years of music and movies. This threw me a bit because while I wasn't relying on the hard drive for my everyday existence, I was just annoyed. I decided to keep the hard drive in case one day I could find a technological genius who could recover the lost data for me. The next day, Jasmine and I had to st- had to say goodbye as she was going to Santorini and I was travelling to, s- to the south of Crete. We both wanted to see each other again, so we arranged to meet up on an island of Naxos. We're now on page 152. This gave me something to look forward to in the following few days. While I was down south, I started researching my visa situation again. In close contact with Nicole, I came up with a game plan that looked simple on paper. I'd go up to Germany and get a working visa. Nicole told me about a place to stay that was close to the Oslanabehörde foreign name brackets foreign foreign registration office, where I'd go to get my visa. All the information she was giving me was so confusing for my brain, but fortunately, I still had a few weeks left to try and understand it. By the time I was ready to leave Crete, maps, buses, ferries and hostels were becoming a walk in the park for me. Okay, going quickly out of the book again. So, I'm going to talk a little bit about Crete because it didn't really give it it the justice that it deserved in the book. Uh, So, Crete. Crete was, I'd say by far, my favourite island uh, in Greece and Hanya was my favourite place on the island of Crete. So Hanya was probably my most favorite place in all, in, in all of Greece that I'd traveled. And Greece was actually my favorite 
place that I went, uh, that I that I travelled to all around the world. So in looking at that, Greece was uh, sorry, Hanya was my favourite place in the world that I've been, and I think that's just because of the memories that I have from that, and what that brought to my life. And just going on from that, uh, Hanya was such a beautiful place and I know that Jasmine found that that place uh, one of the best places she's been as well because it was just so beautiful and that that was that went for all of Greece all of all of Greek Greek all of Greece uh, the Greek islands uh, they were all absolutely stunning but I guess what set it apart from the rest of Greece was just the memories that I had there and the fact that I'd never heard of the place before, no one I'd known had ever been there before, no one ever talked about it before. So this was just a, this was just a, 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 a delightful surprise. Now, when I left Hanya, uh, Jasmine had already gone off to Santorini, and I left. I think we left on the same day, and I went down south to a place called. It was right on the beach, uh, very very south of the island called Plakias. And I stayed there for another another few days, and that place was just unbelievably stunning. Uh, that that reminded me of really really reminded me of uh, of uh, Byron Bay here in Australia. Now Byron Bay is is a tourist hotspot, so there's a lot of people down in in Byron Bay, and there was not a lot of people here in in Plakias, but the just the whole feeling in the atmosphere felt exactly the same and I stayed in a hostel down there with uh with it was oh I was in like a share room of 10 you know there's 10 people there it was it was awesome though and I started a conversation with this Aussie bloke on the bunk above me he was an 18 year old Aussie bloke that was traveling around Europe hitchhiking now the reason he was doing that was because his dad had didn't he did the exact same thing when he was 18. So he was, I guess, following in his father's footsteps. And he was, he was, the, some of the stories that he told me were just unbelievable. Like the, this one day he was up in, up in Norway and he was basically in the middle of nowhere. There was a, there was a, there was a, um, a service station that he was at. And he was waiting there trying to catch a ride up north for 12 hours so up north of norway is the north of norway really really high in the arctic circle so that was where he was heading and yeah he was waiting there for like 12 hours just so that just just to get a lift from someone i think a truck he ended up picking him up but some of the stories he told me were just just blew my mind it was cool really really cool and i met another guy at that hostel who owned a hostel in in London and he told me that when I was in London that I should go and check out check out his hostel and say good day to him so when I went up to London um, I stayed in the hostel um, in his hostel for a few days uh, I'm not sure if that that story went into the book but I'll probably tell you about it when when the time comes and when I was all done there, I went back to uh, back to the east eastern side of the the island with a girl that was uh, that was staying down the hostel. So the girl the the girl that shared the room with Jasmine and I, she caught uh, she went down to Pluckiest with me, 
and when Jasmine went off. So we we were all done there. Actually, no, sorry, sorry. She she went down before me, and then I went and then I went down there afterwards, and then we both went back to back to the port uh, at the same time, and then parted ways. Okay, back to the book. When Jasmine and I met up in Naxos, I assumed the role of leader. I was older than her, and I had been travelling for longer, so I instinctively took care of her. She'd only just met me, and in her eyes, I was this older, mature, independent Australian traveller. She didn't know what I'd been like not so long ago, when I didn't have any confidence in myself. We were only on Naxos for a short while when we decided that it was time to move on. This was a small island and four days was long enough to see all that I had to offer. Earlier on, Callie had suggested that I should go to an island of Paros. So it was our next checkpoint. Alright, just going out of the book quickly. So we actually wanted to go and um, we wanted to go to Mykonos, uh, but we didn't realize how, how busy Mykonos was going to be and when we looked for places to stay, there was just nowhere to stay on Mykonos that we could afford. So we chose to go to Paros instead. When we were on uh, Naxos and Paros, we hired uh, vehicles to get around the island because when, you, when you're there, if you don't hire a vehicle, you can't really see the island at all. Uh, because it's not just a little town, it's a big, biggish island, and to get from one end to the other, you can either catch a bus that doesn't really show you what you want it to, to you can't really see what you want to see, or you can hire uh, a vehicle and, and do a tour of the, of the, of the island. So, in, in Naxos, we hired a, 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 an ATV, an ATV, so it was a four-wheel four motorbike, and one of the photos that I've got in uh, in the book that I talked about, the first ever photo that I had with Jasmine, was taken on uh, that on that ATV on Naxos. And then when we went on to uh, we went to uh, Paros, we hired they had buggies that we could hire so instead of having to go around on a motorbike. We actually hired a little buggy, it's like a little dune buggy, and. Because my arm wasn't working, Jasmine got to drive us around then. And then when we were on uh, driving around in that little buggy, we went over to the other side of the island, and there was like another town over there. And there was a club slash bar slash cafe slash, don't know what it was, uh, on the beach. Music was playing, there was a DJ there, and it was that was another one of those pinch yourself moments that was just unbelievable. But there was no one there. <laughs> uh, there was, uh, I'm pretty sure, it was like, it was like, um, I mean, there were people there, but it wasn't, it wasn't rocking as much as you'd expect it to be rocking. But nevertheless, it was amazing. Loved it. Every minute of it. Okay, back to the book. It felt great being able to share a checkpoint with someone, and this was the first time on the trip that I was in the driver's seat guiding us towards the next destination. Jasmine was the first person to let me lead, and I loved every moment of it. Our real-life dream played out through every second of every day we were together, and with each moment, we got closer and closer. Our conversations led 
our conversations never stopped, and with each word Jasmine spoke, she would reveal more and more about her life, which, until then, she had kept hidden behind her little smile. We were sitting in the common area of a hostel in Paros when she finally shared details about herself that would become our bond. She started to weep as she told me about the struggles she had had, knowing that I was the most qualified person to understand. She told me that she had broken her neck in a car accident, and while that was bad, it turned out to be the tip of the iceberg. We are now on page 153. When Jasmine was 17 years old, she discovered she, she had a heart condition called pulmonary hypertension, the same condition that had killed her aunt. This disease can, can be deadly, but Jasmine was very lucky to respond to medication. Six months later, at 18, she was involved in a car accident. She broke her neck and back, and tragically, one of her friends was killed. If that wasn't hard enough, a year later, at the age of 19, she was told she had cancer. It was consuming her neck and she would need chemotherapy right away. The doctor had said to her that if it got any worse and the cancer had, had got tangled in her nerves, amputation of the right arm might have to be considered. She didn't know how she would deal with that. In fact, she was being brutally honest when she told me that she didn't know if she could deal with that. She had come to Europe to have a break from the cards her life had dealt her in a game she didn't want to play, and that's when she met me. I was a guy who was living life with all, with all its challenges. By this stage, the tears had started rolling down her face, and all I could do was hug her and give her a shoulder to cry on. Call it luck, fate, or destiny. Whichever way you choose to view the situation, there was a greater reason why Jasmine and I met on the Greek island that year. It felt as if every single thing that had happened in our lives up until that day had been carefully planned out like a corny love story in a novel, with each chapter getting closer and closer to the happy ending. There I was, holding a girl in my arms, whose story had just blown my little troubles out of the water. This was the first time in my life that I was actually grateful that I was riding that motorbike that fateful day in 2008. I would never have met Jasmine if it hadn't been for the accident. On our final night in Naxos, we got dressed up nicely and I took Jasmine on a date at a restaurant by the water. We chose this restaurant because it had a front row seat to the best show in paradise. We watched the sunset over the mountains as we enjoyed our serving of sea bass and a side of prawn cutlets to share. We continued the conversation we had been having since day one while enjoying a glass of the finest Sauvignon Blanc the island had to offer. This was the perfect end to an important part of my adventure. Now, just going quickly out of the book, uh, it was actually uh, the island of Paros, not Naxos, uh, that we finished on. Now, we are now on page uh, 154. The following day, it was back to Athens. Our ferry ride consisted of Jasmine writing things down in French, 
so that when I travelled to France, I could get through unscathed and me practicing the phrases she was teaching me. In France, I would be just another tourist who didn't speak the language. To put it simply, I had Buckley's chance of getting it right. Upon arrival, Jasmine caught the train to Oraclio to say to stay with me until the end. We sat down and had a coffee at a cafe Callie and Mary had taken me to on day one. We were meeting Callie there. When she arrived, it was time for Jasmine to catch the train to the centre of Athens and continue her travels. I didn't know if I was ever going to see her see this girl again. The fact was that for both of us, our journeys were only half over, so we had to leave it at, leave it at that. The best we could do was keep in touch by talking to each other on the phone and through Facebook and hope that one day we would cross paths again. And that is the end of the chapter. Before I hit the road, I'm just going to read the first paragraph of the next chapter, unedited. Here we go. I left Greece on an almighty high. My destination was split to go on a sailing tour around the island of Cro- islands of Croatia. This would give me a chance to sort things out in my, in my own head for the following week in Germany and get my get my mind okay I'll start again this would give me a chance to sort things out in my own head for the following week in Germany and get my mind into the right state for the challenge of my visa okay maybe I'm a little tired today don't know didn't feel as Good as it did last week. So that's uh, that is Jasmine. That is the end of the chapter. That's the end of the episode. Um, spoiler alert here: uh, Jasmine pops her head back up uh, later on in some of the other following chapters. Um, yeah, so you you you'll get to to meet her in in greater depth in the following following chapters. Okay, that's it from me. This week, be kind to yourself, be nice to others, uh, share the love, share the love that you have inside you. Everyone has love inside them, sometimes it's just hard to find, so when you can find it, share it, please share it, please, please, please share it. Try to impact other people's lives, in a good way, in a good way that is, because that impacting other people feels so mighty, mighty, mighty fine. Okay, nothing from me here. You do you, I'll do me. Okay, that's it. I'm out. See ya. Thanks for tuning into the Crashing Into Potential podcast. I really appreciate your support. You guys are the reason that I do this. So if you haven't already, hit me up at The Injured Brain wherever you get your social media fix. And don't forget to rate, review, and share this podcast far and wide so that you can help me spread my message see you in the next episode